Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. This is Squawk Pod, the daily podcast brought to you by the team behind Squawk Box. NYC, this is CNBC Control 2. CNBC's essential morning show. PCR 2. Every day, get the best stories, debate, and analysis from the biggest names in business and politics. All right, we're coming to it next. Today on Squawk Pod, billionaire investor Ray Dalio, founder of Bridgewater Associates, speaks candidly on the implications of wealth and power in the United States. Dan Rifle, he says every billionaire is a policy failure. Do you agree with that? No, 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 that's so screwed up. The American dream, the pros and cons of capitalism, and some ground rules for sparring with Joe. Can we do this without interruptions? I'll say something, right. and you, you say something, and we do it that way? Fine. Okay. Go ahead. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. It's Thursday, December 26, 2019. Happy Boxing Day to the about 8% of Squawk Pod listeners who celebrate. Squawk Pod Today, a spirited conversation with Ray Dalio, billionaire, philanthropist, Burning Man attendee and manager of the largest hedge fund in the world. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with P. Jim, a leading global asset manager. This is Squawk Pod. Ray Dalio is widely recognized on Wall Street and beyond as an investing visionary. He started his firm Bridgewater Associates out of his two-bedroom apartment in New York in 1975. It is now the largest hedge fund in the world, with a client list comprised of supranational agencies, central banks, sovereign wealth funds. Well, it goes on. He's famous for something else, too. A strategy that he claims has helped maintain his firm's success, a policy of radical transparency. Although, ironically, the internal operations at his firm's campus in Connecticut are notoriously clandestine. At any rate, he wrote an entire book on this radical philosophy called Principles, which caught a lot of attention, attention from people like Sean Combs. That's P. Diddy, Puff, or just Diddy. You've heard of him, right? So, Celebrity Strikes Squawk Box. Ray Dalio, without Diddy, sorry, was on our TV show in April of this year on the heels of an interview with 60 Minutes. In that segment, he spoke fervently of income disparity, concluding that the American dream is lost and that capitalism needs to be reformed. He wrote an entire LinkedIn article on why the reform is necessary and how it should unfold. Part of that reform should be, in Dalio's eyes, the U.S. education system. He's so passionate about this aspect that he and his wife donated $100 million to Connecticut's public schools around the time of the 60 Minutes interview and the LinkedIn post. And now, armed with this background, you're ready for Ray Dalio's very lively discussion with Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Fix it. So when you say capitalism is broken, is it the capitalistic system you think is broken, or is it the policies around capitalism, around taxes and what Washington can do, 
that you think is broken? I'm, I didn't say I didn't say broken. I said that it needs to be reformed. I, I'm a capitalist. I'm a professional capitalist. The system has worked for me. I didn't have anything, and then I got something through the capitalist system. And capitalism means the ability to save and invest in capital markets and private enterprise and all of that. And I'm supportive of that. Then there are the outcomes, right? And so the question is equal opportunity or the American dream. So I was raised with equal opportunity. I went to a public school system that my, um, and, and I had parents who took care of me, and then I was able to come in with an equal job opportunities. And what I'm saying here is if you look at the outcomes, um, the outcomes of the majority of people, I looked at the bottom 60% of the population, and I said, is it working for them? Just facts. Um, how has it been for income? How has it been for equal opportunity? And those, this has been something for a long, 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 long time. So is that deniable that it is producing those outcomes? And it is not only producing those outcomes. This isn't controversial. If it's producing those outcomes, and it's also producing a terrible split in our country. And we're going to have more problems ahead because of technology and other things that are coming at us in terms of having impact that are going to be like that. If we don't step back and say, how do we reform it? Reform means improve it. But here's the question. I want to talk about improving it. But is, is, is the concept here that we need to work on policy in terms of redistribution that effectively helps with education and health care and all of these other things? Or is there something wrong with capitalism? And do you therefore then look at yourself as a byproduct of capitalism that isn't working for the rest of the country. I look at myself as a byproduct of capitalism when it also gave equal opportunity. That I could, the American dream. I was very lucky to live the American dream by having the proper care and the proper public school education. And What's that, changed? I'm sorry? What's changed? The, the whole, look at the statistics. In my piece on LinkedIn. But what no, about capitalism? What's, what's, what's changed in the in Capitalism, the wait, we talked about what's this. Changed, what's changed? What's changed? All, all capitalism is, is the private, and then I'll let you go, but it's just the means of production in society are, are in the private sector. It's not state run, the government sector. So it's, from when you succeeded with capitalism when you did to where we are now, what about capitalism has changed? Uh, it, not that the, they, uh, Tax policy a, a, might a not number be of, a, a number of things have, have changed. First, um, the capitalism works to produce a profit, and the motivation of the profit is also the reinforcement of the system. You, you contribute, and as a prices, result of contributing. Right, okay, now, seller. for a variety of reasons, having to do, for example, with the development of technologies in which it's profitable to replace people as okay. a result of Automation. those technologies, we are losing a middle class. So the amount of money that goes to that middle class and then goes to those school districts has changed significantly as a result of the process of, which I think is a good process, of improving profitability by being able to then have that technology change or even the going global, it's, it's a great thing. I'm a globalist, uh, global, but it has the impact as a result of creating a wealth gap. And such other things along those lines have changed the resource allocation so that that resource allocation right. is leading to a result. So I'm a mechanic, when, an engineer when it comes to ac uh, capitalism. But your, your fixes are not to capitalism. Your fixes are to things like 
uh, like tax policy or, or to things like improving I, public education. Or, but, the, but to do that, you gave $100 million. No, 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 no. Wait a second. You can't separate tax policy from economic policy. Okay? I you can't, can't separate it from capitalism. No, 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 no. You can't separate it from capitalism. For example, I'm a practical guy, right, in the markets. And what happens is if you change, let's say, corporate tax rates, which we did, which was beneficial um, uh, uh, to getting us productivity at the, at the corporation level, that has an effect. It has an effect of how money flows. So we're talking about engineering. My point is you can't say that capitalism is apart from tax policy. Uh, monetary okay. policy, fiscal policy, right. tax policy but, okay, don't are we all need part of that the, the engine of capitalism. Don't we need the, the, what, what accrues from capitalism, don't we need that to improve, to use those funds, whether it's philanthropic like you, whether it's tax funds, don't we need that engine to generate the funds to improve education, to, improve, to, to equalize opportunity? Exactly. Isn't that the way it works? Exactly. But then how, what so needs to be reformed about capitalism? Are you going to let me say Go something? Go ahead. What needs to be reformed about capitalism? Okay. Do we agree that it is not delivering equal opportunity? Yeah, uh, you keep saying that, but yes. Okay, so we need... Okay. I, I, but you can't do an experiment Can without you controlling... you answer my question? Do right, we agree... but how do you know that that's capitalism, not all these other things do happening you, in society? You well, need to do I, I, an experiment. Because, look, I'm, I don't think it's complicated. I think it's so, pretty complicated. I think it's a public school system. Unions. Can, it, can we do this without interruptions? I'll say something, right. and you, you say something, and we do it that way? Fine. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. I'm saying that the outcomes, as a result, are, are destroying uh, equal opportunity. Okay? We agree on that, right? Uh, no, I don't think we no, do. In terms of, I don't agree that the outcomes for capitalism are what's destroying it. I think there's all these other variables. So many things do, in the United States. One way or another, you've got to engineer the goddamn thing to deliver the results that are there. These results, these results, these results of unequal um, education, unequal conditions and so on, right. mean that it's a joke in terms of trying to deliver what we need to have done. Capitalism. What I'm referring to, that includes tax policy, okay. that includes monetary policy, that includes the pursuit of profits in a way that um, we need a plan for so that we don't read, we right. um, have an opportunity so that we deliver. A, so it's an engineering question, right? Okay, you and I can disagree. Okay, so I, I have two questions that relate to engineering. If, if you don't believe that it is a problem, and I think no one's, not, no one's saying it's not a problem. We're so saying what then, is the cause of the so problem is, is not capitalism. Is, is tax part of that? Is, yes. So then it sounds what are like we you, want to, you want to tax wealthy people and pay no, for, and pay for education. An, one That's fine. One way or another. That's fine. I want to deliver the things that I had okay. and that make the system work well. Okay? Because the waste, for example, the problem in education, we're going to come up with the governor and we're going to talk about the partnership that we have. And I think that's kind of a model for what can be done. And so I'm just trying to be right. specific. Mm -hmm. That literally, that what we have is a situation in which the we have a state that is fractured, that the rich and the poor, the gap between the rich and the poor is very large. And the notion of bringing in partnership, private-public right. partnership, to deal with education, they have a $900 million a year expense for 
prisons for people who are incarcerated as a product of a system that doesn't educate children properly, doesn't give them jobs and opportunity. That is cost-effective. That's cost-effective to provide that. The the state, we are going to show that there is a net positive return on investment as well as a social return on investment, and there's a partnership. Now, you, can, you could say that that's capitalism or not capitalism. Let's not Let me, argue about terms. That is a reality. Let me ask we you can this. do that. Uh, Dan Reifel uh, is an advisor to a number of Democrats in Washington. Uh, he says every billionaire is a policy failure, meaning that effectively by becoming a billionaire, that the way the policies are set up, whether it's tax or other policies, is a failure. Do you agree with that? No, no, no. That's so screwed up. I mean, what happens is we we have a system that I think is a beautiful system that um, connects, but it's imperfect, that it connects um, productivity or or what you're giving to what you're getting back. And those people generally are, I'd say almost, are net contributors to the society. And it's a dream. That was what the American dream was. Okay? But in order to uh, have the results that we want, we have to make it a fair game, right? right? Okay, but let's talk about a fair game, and this one, this one may be complicated for you. Bridgewater um, was subsidized, it, it took a tax subsidy from the state of Connecticut, $22 million, I believe, uh, a couple of years ago, to stay in Connecticut. These are sort of part of the larger issues that are being raised around how capitalism in the purest private sense works relative to how public policy works in tandem with it. Yeah, so I think uh, um, there's always economic issues for anybody in terms of whether they're going to stay or leave and their calculations. And I ran, I was CEO right. at the time, I'm now chairman, I ran it at, at a time where what, there was the question of what it means for each employee and what they're paying for taxes and what that means for equalizing them. That's a practical reality. I think, in, and, and that, uh, another practical reality is donating $100 million right. to do this. This is the practical reality. Um, I think that, um, you know, let's put that aside. That may have been a mistake for us to take. I think probably it was a mistake because everybody pays too much attention to that and not enough attention to what it means to pull together to do the things right. In any case, um, that's part of the system. Do you think in it was terms a mistake for you to take it or a mistake for Connecticut to offer it? No, mistake to us to take it. Because of the conversation it's created? Not because, because of the conversation it's created. Because people pay too much attention to those types of things where you, when you're thinking about it, like the, the spirit of the people in our, at Bridgewater is this is a home. This is a community. This is a place that we, we don't want to move. But it does have effect in terms of dollars and so on. And that was, a, that was small in the scope of everything in, in that notion. So the important thing here is to pull together and to do this. My wife has been doing this for 10 years. This is not a new program that we're doing. We've been doing this for 10 years. And if you look at what the other people in, in, our, in Bridgewater have done in terms of the contributions, um, in total, we've paid over a billion dollars in taxes over the last 10 years. We've, um, the philanthropic has been about $250 million donations. And I think too much attention is spent okay, on it. So Langone raised $100 million for NYU Medical School and then actually contributed. Then another $350 million he raised. He created a company that now has 325,000 employees, $225 billion in market cap that shareholder wealth has accrued. His ideas are in contrast to yours. I don't know who's right and who's wrong. But when he 
looks at education. He looks at maybe private, uh, like choice, maybe charter schools. Your uh, contribution goes to public schools, which I would say that's not the private sector's issue. That, that's, that's the public sector that has messed up the public school system, right? So w- what is the difference between you and Ken Langone? He says, I love capitalism. He's created 325,000 jobs. You say that capitalism is the problem. I think, first of all, I think you're splitting hairs between us. What, what, do, you, uh, what do you mean splitting hairs? If you'll give me a chance to answer, okay. I will answer. Uh-huh. Okay. I think you're splitting hairs between us because I think that uh, he's a, um, we're both capitalists. We, it's all work for us. Right. He's a very philanthropic man who wants to go for the goals, and he's a big contributor in that right. particular way. The question is whether you make it pervasively effective. I personally believe that if you don't make public education pervasively excellent, the way that I had, then, and operate that way, that that's not adequate. And, and when I say I believe... I would say it's my wife who, who believes this, right. too. She's led the way. I watch her go into these schools and watch these teachers, and I look at the starvation, essentially, the financial and, in some cases, nutritional starvation that goes on in the public school systems. And I think that that's an, a national problem. But it's not, just, it's not just school systems. It has to do with that notion of getting basic things that you want and I want for our children. The thing that you want more, and everybody wants more, is to have basic, take care of the basics. Can I have nutrition? Can I have an adequate education? If you take care of those basics. So in one way or another, the way that is is lost. I, I know Ken, and I know he wouldn't object to anything that I'm saying. And I also would know that if you take a look at it, we each pick the things that are most important. No, to us. I understand. I'm just trying to understand the reforms to the capitalist system that, 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 you're, that you're espousing. In terms of taxes to yourself, you said you'd be uh, open to higher taxes on, on yourself. Yes, of course. What does that mean? And the reason I ask is, and I've talked a lot about this, you're going to give a lot of money away over your lifetime. Yeah. Uh, probably most of it. Yeah. Most of that will not ever get taxed. You will get to choose how you get to spend that money in a way that most taxpayers do not. Do you think there should be a tax effectively on the philanthropy, given that the majority of your wealth currently under the current structure will never actually get into the tax system and therefore be able to be used um, through the government, if you will? I think, the, I think taxes and uh, philanthropy each have their roles. I think philanthropy serves the purpose of being able to say that this thing, on the money that you've earned, you can focus on those things that you think are most important to you. I think the problem exists when, um, whether it's an absence of philanthropy or an absence of taxation, that there is a failure to deliver that result. I honestly don't understand what we're arguing about. I don't understand what we're arguing about. What? That they shouldn't, that those kids or those people shouldn't be raised. The cost is $900 million to the state of Connecticut for incarceration. The United States has five times the highest, next highest country's incarceration rate in terms of that. That's a product, and that's changed over a period of time. So we have a problem, right? We and need, we we need call, to equalize opportunity, just like we you're need saying. To but we, use, we, we need to use capitalism to provide the funds to equalize the opportunity. That's my only point. Do you think, think the system great. is delivering those results? I don't think that you can do an experiment in a vacuum and say it's because of a flaw in capitalism. I think, if, there's, I think there's myriad flaws for the way. Th- I think you, there's uh, drugs. I think there's single parents. I think there's 
uh, a systemic poverty that's been around forever. If you want to tax wealthy people more and try to fix all these things, then let's do it. Fine. Uh, but in this uh, but LinkedIn, not, you're not going to make LinkedIn piece. I take point by point. I do it from an engineering point of view. Right, right now, this is a short conversation right. that, it, that, is, uh, that is like this. If you want to take the time to look at it point by point from an engineering, how much of it is because of technology replacing the middle class? Right. How much problem. of it is this thing or that thing? You could look on the LinkedIn piece and piece by okay. piece. Find something there that you disagree with, and I'd be happy to respond to it. Squawk Pod will be right back. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. We're back. That's the show for today. Thanks for listening. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 a.m. Eastern. But if you want to get the smartest takes and analysis from our TV show right into your ears, subscribe to Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, please rate and review. That helps other listeners find us. We'll meet you back here tomorrow with another episode of Squawk Pod. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. FedEx.